Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your hosts, Elliot and Damna. Wow. Wow. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I don't know why I said wow, but you know, wow, life, right? Wow. 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 Amazing. Amazing. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? It's nice to see you again after those 30 seconds apart. Yes, as you know, we always record two parters on the same day. That's no longer a mystery to anyone. Um, we did have a little break, though, didn't we? I went and got two pickles. Uh, yeah, I stood up. Yeah, they they were really good pickles. I love pickles. Um, dying to try those sweet and savoury pickles that everyone on TikTok goes on about, where you put a fruit roll up over a pickle and then eat it. Couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah, no, it looks vile, but like I love pickles, so like I need to try it. But that's sweet, sweet and savory, good. But you know, all that pickles. Blech. But that's by the by. Um. And where do we buy and buy? Good one, good one. Good oh, good show. Oh, good show, darling. Anyhow, today we are talking about the satanic pit. Oh yeah, and first, before we get our little. Pits into the Satan ha. before we Satan into the pit. Or eat Satan, which is a good uh, meat alternative. We are back to email corner. Woo! Where I have three emails to read. Yes. And they go as follows. This first one is from Laura, and it says Hi, Dan I'm Laura. She. Her. I really love the podcasting, hearing people be as passionate about Doctor Who as I am. Since listening to you guys and the airing of the Centenary episode, I've gone back and watched the last few series with the Seventh Doctor and Ace. They, the two have quickly become one of my favourite jurors in the whole show, and I can't wait for you to get to those series because Ace is the blueprint for modern day companions and is just super freaking cool. I agree, Laura, you're totally right. 
Finally, I'll leave you with my favourite fact from the show, which is that Clara Oswald is named after Elizabeth Slayton, being the first full-time companion to be created after her passing away in 2011. So, yes, Clara was Elizabeth Slayton's uh, middle name, so presumably that's where that comes from. Uh, keep being awesome, Laura. Thank you, Laura. Keep being awesome yourself. Look at Laura trying to take your, your spot with the factoids. Yeah, Laura, bad move. We're just going to trim that into a TikTok for me. Get all the views. Uh. Ha. Didn't think that one through, did you? <laughs> Thank you, Laura. And we have an email here that goes as follows. Hi, Dan, Laura, and Elliot. Actually, sorry, that's, that, that says my name first. I'm just, that's my autopilot. Go uh, on, say your name first. <laughs> I always put your name first. You do. And everyone else does, because it's the best way it rolls off the tongue. Hi, Elliot and Dambler. My name is Callum. He, him. Please feel free to mention my name on the pod. You're in luck. I have. <laughs> I stumbled upon the podcast through TikTok and I had a Doctor Who itch which needed scratching. Safe to say, I'm hooked. Doctor Who has been a massive part of my life since my dad introduced it to me in 2005 when the show started up again. I was eight and in hindsight having my first episode be Dalek probably wasn't the best idea. (laughs) Despite the sheer horror of realising that stairs aren't as safe as I thought, I fell in love with the show and have watched every single episode countless times over, even the Moffat ones. You're brave. (laughs) <laughs> just to mix it up a bit I have a question for you both if you could cast any actor who's been a previous companion or side character as a full time doctor who would it be uh, like how Peter Capaldi was in series 4 and then was later cast as the 12th doctor um, so Callum says that his vote goes to Michael Smiley who's Morgan Blue in Into the Dalek he has a sharp edge but also a caring and softer side who would you go for I would go for I have two that I'm struggling between so I'm just going to say both the actress who played Rosita in The Next Doctor, I really like her, and I feel like she... I just wanted to see more from her. She really compels me as a viewer, and I really liked her in it. Um, and also the actress who plays uh, Christina D'Souza, Lady Christina, in um, the Planet of the Dead. I think they're both great and really compelling women, and I think they'd be great to play the Doctor. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... I've got two as well. Either... Um... Adoja Ando, who plays Francine Smith. Oh my god! You beat me. Francine no. Smith. Sorry, that's the wrong You've beat me. You've beat me. It's, it's Francine Jones. I should clear that out there. Um, Francine Smith is her American dad. Um, I think she would eat that role up. I she would. She'd be amazing. Um, and also, because I'm still not over it, uh, David Morrissey. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, Russell knew what he was doing. Um, and of course, also. This wasn't not on my list, but, you know, uh, Joe Martin was robbed by not being a full-time doctor. Yeah, you know how we feel about her. <laughs> Sorry for the long-winded email, but I like the sound of my own voice. Well, my own typing. All the best. Lots of love. Callum. Callum, we like the sound of our own voices, because that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> if we're all just being honest here. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you Thank for the you. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And our final one here, it goes as follows. Hey, Dana and Elliot, my name is Alfie, and I just wanted to email to share my appreciation for the podcast. I found the pod about a month ago through TikTok, and I listen nearly every day here and there, and I've really enjoyed listening. I've been an avid Whovian since I can remember. I grew up watching the Ninth and Tenth Doctor onwards, and it's made up an, an integral part of my life. So much of what you both say is like talking to friends about Doctor Who, and I love your discussion and observation. You both sound like very interesting and funny people. Uh, Aww. Uh, so please don't stop the content anytime soon. I'd love for you to uh, to give me a shout-out on the next pod or read out this email. You're in luck. We're doing both. Um, <laughs> shout-out. Um, I, like, I look forward to listening to more episodes. Now you're both discussing David Tennant's era. I also have a question about how you started your podcast, uh, record and upload. Uh, I'm keen to start my own podcast one day, but uh, entirely don't know where to start. Any advice would be much appreciated. Aaron Z, um, I believe that we did have a little communique about some advice. If there's anything that I'm missing, please feel free to email again. If there's sort of you know, anything further you'd like, I will send you all the advice and our little story that we can. Because you know we're not. No, no one else wants to hear the, the good old story of how we got started, but, you know, I will happily lend you some advice. Not that it's worth much, because we are also a tin pot bedroom podcast. I will say one thing, though, in terms of advice. You have to remember, I mean, now we, I feel like we sound quite crisp and clean and nice. That's because we can now get mics and we feel like, because we actually have an audience now, it felt proper and appropriate. But when we first started, we just did it on our phones. 
and you can probably tell from the sound quality, but like if you have an iPhone specifically, the mics aren't actually too bad. So just get started. It's like when filmmakers are like, oh, just use what you've got and create, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't need to be, doesn't need to be the most professional thing straight out of the gate. Exactly. And also the way we got started mainly was uh, we always talked about Doctor Who to each other and we decided we wanted to talk about it more and have an excuse to talk about it more all the time. It was Daniel's idea. It was. Because I feel like she's not going to give herself any credit for that, but it was her idea. Anyway, it's time to pit Satan against the Tenth Doctor. Because you know what? What is he? <laughs> no! <laughs> He's awake. He's awake. But what is he? Awake. There you go. So today we are talking about Series 2, Episode 10, which includes the Christmas Invasion in our official oh count of Series 2 episodes, please. I need to mention it every time because I don't want people to get annoyed. Anyway, that episode is the Satan bit. It was broadcast on the 10th of June 2006. It was directed again by James Strong and once again written by Matt Jones. God, we, there's so much to talk about, isn't there? There is, but also not a lot in that I just, it's just more gushing, really. It's it's so good. It's just so good. It is. Like I said, this is the Aliens to the Impossible Planets Alien. It is bolt guns blazing. But before we launch into the episode properly, anyway, I have a really important question for you. Because, Damla, I know what INDB thinks this about. I know what Google thinks this episode is about. I am also aware of what the Beast thinks this episode is about. Ha. Ah. But I want to know what you think it's about. This is about... This is about making sure that you have a supermarket wherever you are in the vicinity because you never know when you need a Tesco's. Yeah. Also, Danny's annoying. That's what this episode's about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. But anyway, what do you think it's about? That was crap, but we move on. (laughs) Yeah, I've not thought of one, to be honest. Um, This episode is just a... And the last one as well, to be honest. Just a good cautionary tale of... Think happy thoughts. No one wants screaming inside their head. Don't get all red-eyed. Just think think good things. Be be basic zero. Well, not basic zero because that kills you, but be basic one. Basic one at least, yeah. Have a whisper, not a shout. As long as the whisper isn't. Sorry. Anyway. I mean, religion is the villain in this episode, isn't it? Spitting facts. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's insane. Like I said in the last episode, the fact this was even allowed to be broadcast is whack to me. It is absolutely insane. So insane. But um, to begin with, the motion blur on the gun shooting is so 2006, and I loved it. Oh, it's rubbish, isn't it? But it's no, great. It's, so it's rubbish. Good. Like the way Jefferson's always just like, and it's like shaking and blurring around. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely didn't have the money to fire real guns. Yes. Or blanks, sorry. I have, a, I have another big question up top, like in the last episode. Mm. It's a big one, and I want us to be main part of the discussion here at the start. Do you think Toby didn't realise what was happening, and like you know, when he would wake up from being possessed and stuff? Do you think he didn't know what was happening, or do you think as time went on, it was kind of he he or he knew he was tricking everyone? Like, what do you think was happening with Toby? Because obviously, that's up to left to interpretation, obviously. But I want to know what you think. I think. Um, I think that he, yeah, no, I think that basically from from the moment he gets possessed at the end of the last episode, when everything starts kicking off, I think then from then on, he's just choosing when to pretend and when not to pretend. Okay, so you think from that point on in the last the begin uh, the end of the last episode? Yeah, pretty much. I think from that speech onwards, then I think Toby is gone. Okay, okay, fair. I don't know to be honest i feel like i agree with that but then also part of me feels like it grad he gradually loses himself more and more as the episode goes on it's a tricky one isn't it but i just wanted to know what you thought 
Um, but yeah. yeah, I guess there's a lot of time to sit in a tunnel and not do much. Yes, but I also love how, like, speaking of Toby, like Rose protecting Toby at the start is so Rose. Oh yeah, even if she's kind of wrong for it. Yeah, like look at his face. It's like no bitch. He literally not bitch. I love her, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I I don't condone violence. I don't condone the use of guns. But Je- let Jefferson shoot the bastard. I've had enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. For for once, kind of correct. To quote that first Terminator film that you dislike so much, it can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. I think, honestly, the whole religion, on un- the religious undertones in this episode. Again, how was this allowed to be aired back in 2006? I just feel like this is so controversial and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I'm here for it. I want more of this kind of commentary on belief and religion and how we live our lives according to those beliefs and lifestyles and whatever. It's part of what makes this episode so strong is being able to have the fun Doctor Who running down corridors, shooting at monsters a bit up top and then being able to have really slow cerebral discussions between the Doctor and Ida when they're in the pit about yeah. life and religion. It's I mean, I think for me, yeah, it's not gonna be my favourite line, but I think for me, um yeah, like the the the, the bit where sort of Ida is talking about what she was brought up as and then asked the doctor what he believes and he's like, oh no, I sort of believe that I haven't seen everything. And yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't really I don't really believe anything, but also I believe that I've not seen everything, is like, you know, it's true. I think the Doctor started off as an atheist and then in this episode became an agnostic. I really do believe that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, you can't, I guess, you know. The, you, the thing is, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's such, like, such specifically Earth-based terms and ideas for intergalactic powers. But, yeah, I think it's uh, it's interesting. But you still got all the classics like Rose swearing at the Doctor that gets translated into Mike Static. Brilliant. But we all know the best one is right. So you're talking out of your ask, not. <laughs> but it's great. Tenant is tenanting right at the start of this. Oh I love. God, um, yeah. There's, there's again. I think it's because it's in the next one trailer from the previous one. But the way that Tenant does it, that thing is placing on that thing is playing on very basic phrase. Basic, basic. That's such a weird pronunciation of the word basic that I love it. He's so passionate, isn't he? The whole scene's great when they when the beast just gives a breakdown of the crew and what's wrong with them. I want to know what Danny lied about. Yeah, well, it's Danny's the boy who lied. Mr. Jefferson... Um, he kind of looked into the eyes of his wife. Yeah. Um, Ida Scott, who's still running from Daddy. Uh, the Virgin, which is Toby. The Virgin Toby. And then Rose is the... Valiant child who will die in battle so very soon. Doctor, what does that mean? That thing is playing a very basic phrase. Good stuff. And I just love Rose's foreshadowing because, like, you think she's well. I mean, I remember, I remember when this came out on TV. I thought she was going to die in the finale, and she technically does. Technically. Yeah, yeah, she dies in battle. She's yeah. counted amongst the dead. Exactly. Too soon. We're not going there yet. We're not talking about it yet. Um, We're going to have to at some point. Yeah, I know, but just know that I will not be happy about it. Um, I also really love at the start, I don't know about you, but when Rose is asking the Doctor two or three times, like, tell me there's no such thing, tell me there's no such thing, is there any such thing as the devil, oh my God, and you see that she's just like questioning her entire life in that moment. Yeah, and he's like, fuck, fuck if I know. Yeah, beats me, sis, I don't know. Yeah, Um, it could be. But it's just the whole episode is based on belief and, you know, what do you believe? Do you believe that this is, you know, I mean, I have a very big question for you, but I do want to leave it at the end. But um, the scene in the tunnel, actually terrifying. Actually the scariest thing I've ever seen. Actually can't breathe watching it because I hate small spaces and the thought of something chasing you in that small space. You got the wrong one, girl. It's not for me. I love you, but I ain't staying here. And that's also the moment where I go, oh, yeah, they are. They're just they're doing aliens. I've not seen... I've only seen the first Alien film. I know, I know. But Alien is the better one, anyway. Um, 
In in Aliens, there's literally that scene for scene where they're crawling through vents and they're being chased by the xenomorphs, and one of them stays behind to. Oh my god! Jefferson. Uh, yeah, it's very. Uh, see, it's done a lot more tamely in a sort of in a PG Doctor Who way, but yeah, it's basically scene for scene, uh, Aliens scene. But isn't it? I'll send it to you later. So, yeah, please do. But it's just so terrifying. It's so terrifying how, like. The thought of being chased is one of the worst feelings in the world. Like, I have actual constant nightmares about being chased. Mm. Yeah, it's not a good feeling, is it? Hello, welcome to therapy. Um, but the innate idea of being chased in a small, confined space... Nah, bye. Bye, see ya, farewell. Yeah, and that and having to wait for oxygen and things. But do you know what was annoying me? It was like, Danny was screaming, come on, hurry up! And Zach's like, I'm literally pressing a button, I can't control anything else. Oh no! I, that's the thing. It's like it's it, it it's irritating. I'd be irritated if I was in that situation with Danny, but I also understand it, right? Because I feel like if I was Danny, I would probably be losing my mind. And yeah, fair enough. A, a lack of oxygen probably doesn't help. Because you've got the thinker in the situation, which is Rose. She's the one who's the brains of the whole thing. Danny's the panicker, and then uh, Jefferson is the action, the physical, like protecting everyone, and then Toby's just there. He's there. He's the Trojan horse for all he the is. evil. He is. I so two two things. First of all, uh, I do like that Rose only gets her action hero head on. She only takes charge when the Doctor's in trouble and can't come back up to the surface, and that is both hot and iconic. Um, it's when she's like, "You've got to think your way out of this." Come on. And I, I also love her delivery when they're in the tunnel, and um, is it like? It's uh, it's like, it's like, you tell him to shut up. It's just Danny, Mister Jefferson told you to shut up. I heard, he heard. <laughs> the, the way she goes, he heard is great. It's like, do you know what energy it gives? The fact that the Doctor and Rose have gelled so well with this group is like when you visit one of your friends who's living in a uni house and you get along with their uni house. It's that vibe. <laughs> it's mm. so that vibe. Oh my god. I mean, that sounds like that does look sort of like the scenes after a night out. It's like everybody looking kind of slumped and sat on the floor looking sweaty and uncomfortable. Yeah. Eared. It's Oh, and before I continue, before they got in the tunnel, I like the way Rose said, Mr. Jefferson, sir. Mr. Jefferson, sir. It was very, there's a lot of, and this isn't taking away from Rose being her own independent person, but she does a lot of like copying the Doctor in this episode. Like the way she speaks is very, the intonation of, I think it's, I don't know if obviously the director wanted her to do this, if they wanted Billy to do this, but maybe Billy did it herself where she, some of what she said was in the same intonation as David Tennant, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah um, so I can hear David Tennant go, Mr. Jefferson, sir. Yeah, exactly. Um, you need to think your way out of this. I will say, um, and then they get into the tunnels, and we'll say, uh, Rose making comments about Danny's bum. Rude. Toby disliking Rose's bum. Even ruder. So offensive. You. Just so, so offensive. Like, you're in the presence of greatness. How dare you? Um, but um, when Jefferson sacrifices himself, I always, when I watch the episode, I always will him to, like, make it to the end. Every time I watch it, I just go, come on, come on. And I think, you know, you, you, know you can't do anything because it's been pre-recorded pre-made but you know he always gets stuck because he's protecting them which i do find a bit like what are you gonna do jefferson come on like just survive mate come on i know but... that's why i love the because i love the way that you know when when zach is like yeah, i can't you know he's like i can't open the door john not without cutting off air for the others just yeah quite quite right too it's like but i think i bought them some time do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Usually when like men in films are trying to be chivalrous and stuff, I'm like, oh, bore off, fuck off, I don't care. But like with Jefferson, it's like, oh my God, you're so selfless. You're so wonderful. He's so, he's so lovely. And like, it's so scary. Like the way, you know, when he's just talking to them and you're just on the actor's face. And he says, yeah, could you maybe speed up the process? And then Zach's like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know, maybe cut off my air supply because... I can't think of anything more scary than, you know, let's say, and then his face kind of circles in on one specific point in the room and you know the ood has come around the corner. Yeah. And then and he says, like, death like by ood. It does that head tilt. Like a cat. Oh my God, did the ood remind you of a cat? <laughs> um, if, you, if you mean that whenever I go and visit my cats that they sort of chase me around like menaces 
uh, but I can calm them down by looking at them and going, then yes. <laughs> no, my cat specifically, um, she will just stand there, stare at me and then tilt her head sometimes, like in the family of blood, like, just tilt her head. If, if, if I might ask you to uh, cut off my ear, because uh, it just seems slightly more natural than uh, Death by Darcy. Yeah, Darcy's my cat. <laughs> she She would kill me. She would. Um, but yeah, like it's just the way that they come around the corner and you know they're coming towards him, and it's so scary. And like, oh, it's left ambiguous as well. Yes, because you hear that you hear the air getting sucked out of the vent, and you see Jefferson's dock cut off, but it doesn't go straight away, so you don't know if he suffocates quickly enough or if he gets ooded. Yeah, it's horrible. It's brutal. My, my head canon is that he does get ooded. My headcanon is that he escapes, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's probably a big finish box set somewhere. Probably. Oh my god, I'd so listen to the Jefferson big finish set. Are you joking? There's a Zachary Cross Flame one, so... Is there? Yeah. Fuck off, is there? Are you joking? No, I'm not kidding. So he's... Zach is in Torchwood in Big Finish. So the Zachary Cross Flame big finish stuff is in to, is, is to do with Torchwood. Well, I mean, in the episode, in the episode, he mentions the Torchwood archive. Yeah. So. So. What does he know? Oh my god, that's cool. Thank you for letting me know again. You know, factoid. I can see the debit card coming out of the wallet. No, literally, I'm just gonna purchase it. Um. So before they leave the tunnel, obviously they they get to the last hatch. And it opens, and there's Ood on the other side, which is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then um, Rose very cleverly kicks up the vent. Very conveniently, there's a little vent thing there, but it doesn't matter. And they go up, and the bit that makes me sick, like, like sick, is when Toby shushes them, which is also, on one end, if you're weird, quite hot, but on one end, disgusting. I mean, yeah, it would be, I guess it would be hot if he wasn't like weird red-eyed and also kind of whiny. Yeah. And it's the way the score comes in with that you yeah, with his hand like, sh- and then he goes, oh my god, help me, help me. And it's like, oh, you little snake. Yeah. Oh my god, help yeah. me. Oh. It's like, shut up. Shut up. You're a, li- you're a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> so, I love, I mean, something you mentioned earlier that really comes into play in this specific section we are just talking about. So, you know, you get the, the kind of you get Ida and the Doctor talking about life and religion and all of that. And then on the other hand, you just get this action based under siege stuff. Literally, they come out of the tunnel, whatever, and it cuts straight to Ida and the Doctor just while the Doctor's lowering himself into the pit. It's almost a comedic cut. It's like, oh my God. <gasps> so, um, Ida, uh, life, things. I do, I do love the, uh, even though it's not particularly philosophical, I do really like the, the, Oh, that voice in the back of your head, come on, do it, do it, jump, jump. It, I didn't actually know that it was to do with uh, primates. And I, yeah, and I love that she's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's primates, seeing if we can reach that other branch. She goes, no, no, it's it's deeper than that. And then just fucking leaps off the cliff like a madman. It's very interesting. I'm glad they, like, when they, I'm glad they bring that kind of stuff up because I never actually understood that. And when I was a kid listening to that for the first time, I was like, oh, so that's what that voice is. Okay. It's also, um, so then has a lot there to say about sort of evolutionary ideas as well. Yes, exact exactly. There's a whole other layer to this thing. It's just iconic. I love it. I love I love media with religious undertones. Like at the moment I'm watching Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, I haven't finished it yet, don't spoil me, listener. Um but Andrew Garfield in a religious cop drama, fuck yeah. Critiquing the Mormons, fuck yeah. It's why one of the best films of all time, Exorcist. So rich, so densely layered, Marin. terrifying, but also just has so much to say about religion. And Amazing. of course, the best thing, Fleabag, series two. God bless Phoebe Waller-Bridge. When will she appear in an episode of Doctor Who? We will never know. But that's by the by. That's by the Bible. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Anyway, um, <laughs> it won't pass. Okay, it's like when it's like when the doctor says, "If, if you if you see Rose, tell her, just just tell her." Oh, she knows. Does she though? Does she though, mate? I mean, that though I love because it has so many parallels with Doomsday. I don't want to make you think about Doomsday again, but it has so many parallels with Doomsday, where he doesn't get to say it. Yeah, and. Um. Yeah, like what's what was I to say? Uh, it says like yeah, you know, when when they think he's dead, basically, she's like he did say one last thing. He just said your name, and that is all. That is all he gets to say in Doomsday. Yeah. Just gets to say Rose Tyler. Oh, we love a parallel. We love a parallel, though. But he makes him sad. But also, he knows. He knows. She knows. It doesn't need to be said. Well, like I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, without fail, every time I watch Journey's End and he goes, does it need saying? I go, yes, 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 it does. Yes, 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 actually, it does. It does. But that is a parallel that's set up in this episode and then carries over right through to Journey's End. Look at you. I did not even, I didn't even realise the whole like, oh, you know, he said your name and then like he, oh. That's how seriously I take Rose and Tan. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Anyway, breathe. Moving on from Doomsday, as we should. Um. So obviously, I understand. To be fair, I've got a question. So imagine it's it's the two of us. We're stuck down there. Our oxygen's running out. I would fucking investigate that pit. Are you joking? I'd be like, I'm about to fucking die. Yeah. Like, yeah. What else are you gonna do? I mean, Ida wouldn't have survived that fall. It's only because the doctor's an alien. And Time Lord that he can I mean, survive. Air cushion. Air cushion, but it's just the impact, isn't it? Mm. I do like his shit as his helmet, though. Oh, it's so cool. And he's like, I can breathe. Anyway, let's save it. Um, But yeah, and then obviously uh, the bit where Rose refuses to leave the base because she's like, when because, she, you know, I feel like a lot of, again, a lot of Rose and Ten aunties would be like, oh, it's so annoying. Just go in the ship. You're going to die. And it's like, well, you act, but it's the doctor, like, when she's like, you know, you don't know him. Of course, yeah. Because the Doctor would genuinely survive something like that most of the time. Like, oh, here I am. Yeah, yeah. and how would, how would... Yeah, yeah, and how would he find her? And, you know, I had this moment um, yesterday. I was, again, I was watching this with my partner and I was talking to him and I said, you know, if you if there was any chance you could survive, I'd wait for you. Ew, I know that's gross, sorry. But, like, or even if it was like, a friend of mine, if there was any chance that you could come back, I would wait without a doubt. You know what I mean? Like, imagine leaving someone there on their own. I would, I couldn't live with myself. And there's nothing more heartbreaking either than watching Tennant and Ida look up to the sky, seeing the rocket taking off. And he's like, the rocket. And you're like, oh. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Do you think Zach did the right thing? Uh, yeah. I think so too. Like, I think, I think, obviously, in terms of, in terms of knowing how the episode goes and being a, 
character shipper and stuff, right? You want Rose to stay behind. But in terms of actually being in that situation, making sure she's safe on board that rocket is. And also, again, it's probably one of those things where that's what that's what the Doctor would want to be done. Yes, exactly. He wouldn't want her to wait on that surface. To, and it's obviously a good job she didn't, because he only had time for one trip. And, you know, I get, like, she has her own decisions and she's made up her own choice about what she wants to do. But at the end of the day, Zach is in a position of responsibility. She is much younger than he is. You have to remember, she's still, like, uh, like late teens, like, early 20s. She's early 20s at this point, but, like... She's still very young, and he's in the res- the responsible position, and he, I wouldn't let someone sit there and die. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah, it's like as much as as much as like you'd say you'd want to wait around for uh, your partner, uh, you know, or a friend if they if you thought there was a chance of them coming back. As much as you'd want to wait around if your life was in imminent danger, you'd also trust there to be someone to try and take you out of the dangerous situation. Yeah. I just wanted to ask because I, I I was wondering if maybe you'd have a different opinion on that, but we, we we agree we agree. So then you get one of the most iconic scenes in the show, Beast Daddy. I I love um, that Tennant doesn't notice that there's a massive <laughs> thing. I think the point I think is that it's meant to be that the beast is obscured in darkness until he needs to be revealed. Then yeah. then it's like flames and you can suddenly see him but i do always find it really funny that it's like a 200 foot tall beast man and yeah he can't see him <laughs> it does quite it's very off. funny um but it's very like oh it's so weird and it just it skirts the line of being really existential like because i don't like feeling existential the best of times but this skirts the line of just just underneath so like i can watch it but like when things are too existential sometimes i do tend to just turn it off because it just makes me feel weird but like it's it's just the right amount i think of existential i think for me this only just where it just goes slightly too much into like a, a, the the mystery has gone a little i think it's a really smart move making him like m- making the beast mute um, yes. like its mind has escaped but its body can't like that's fine but I think it just gets a little bit too because it has a, the episode has a lot of ideas about religion and cultures and sort of the image of like the beast but it's also a very sort of Judeo-Christian image of what the devil looks like yeah uh, I just think it's kind of I just think it, it gets let down ever so slightly by that and not in a way where it tarnishes my enjoyment for the episode but I think it's you know it but then it's hard because then how do you have a meaningful confrontation with something that is an idea, a concept? It's kind of hard, right? Like yeah. the jars, I think, are a good idea. Apparently, they really didn't know what to do for quite a lot of the episode. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I don't. Which I don't know how, but obviously the beast must have had like no description in the script because they didn't actually know what the physical manifestation of the beast was going to look like. Oh. Apparently, they considered using uh, the master Davros. Um, a little girl. Yeah. Oh, a little girl. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Yeah. Just like I think ultimately it was the right move because, as I say, I don't think there's any meaningful way you could have a confrontation with what is essentially an idea. Um, I just think it it it, it cheapens it ever so slightly somewhat to have a not particularly good CGI rendering of a very sort of mainstream accepted idea of what the devil looks like. Am I expecting the show to redefine years and years of Christian? iconography no not really but it just always feels always makes me feel slightly shortchanged see i don't fair enough i don't completely agree with that i think it's really clever really well done i quite like all of that the only bit that cheapens it for me when you say cheapens i was like yeah you you are you gonna go there you didn't quite the bit that got me was when he laughs at one point and he like chuckles. I was like, no. I don't, lo- I don't love that, but I do quite like that he's a bit like, oh, 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 I'm. But I prefer the laugh that Toby does when he sat on the rocket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would, I would like if you know the devil wasn't laughing himself, but it kind of it cuts Toby laughing instead. I know he does laugh, but like, do you know what I mean, like, I don't like, I don't like the chuckle he does. It makes me uncomfortable. The, the beast is not able to laugh because its consciousness is inside Toby. Exactly. I didn't like the laugh. Yeah. But yeah, like I think, so I think it's just the tendency 
just to go a little too far, the idea of the mind in Toby heading back to Earth is is interesting. Um, and I don't know, I just thought maybe there's a way for the Doctor to figure that out without it needing to be a massive confrontation. I don't know. But, as I say, I think sometimes just this, this tendency to push it a little too far. But bigger doesn't always necessarily mean scarier. Again, my issue with Aliens, Terminator yeah. 2, etc. Cheapening the source material by just doing more of it and bigger is not something I'll ever personally enjoy. Personal taste, though. Yeah, no, um, fair enough. I think, though, I do have... The only other big question I had for you, I want to ask it now. I think it's now is the appropriate time. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think that that is the devil? Um, no, no. I think, I think it is. I think it is what it's meant to be. In that, it is the the foundation upon which every civilization and organized religion built its idea and inspiration of the devil but i don't think it's the devil i think the devil is too limited it's it's the beast it's satan it is it's why i like the scene where the youth walking up the stairs and i can't remember all the names that they give but they're like some have called me satan some have called me lucifer like i think it's it's the the template for time that laid the foundation for what Christianity thinks the devil is, for what other religions think their version of the devil is, for what other... Let's think it's Doctor Who as well, what other planets, cultures, other religions that we don't even know about have their own version of the devil as. Nice answer. That's a nice answer. So. <laughs> Dow love. Um, but also, big fucking devil thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a big beast, daddy. Oh. That, that beast is hench. Hench. Oh, yeah. I'm here for it. Um, kind of hot. <laughs> kind of hot, low-key hot. Um, I wanted to ask you that because since the dawn of time, aka 2006, when this show came back, 2005, um, people have been discussing that point for years and obviously no one has an answer because there isn't an answer. Yeah, I think, yeah, it depends, doesn't it, just on, I guess, your own beliefs and things like that. I think the text of the the episode kind of, leads you more to believe that it's a blueprint for the idea of the devil, which is sort of what I would choose to believe rather than it just straight up being the devil. I definitely think I agree with what you've said. Again, I just couldn't articulate it in that way. But again, because I've always realised that this idea of the episode is about beliefs. That's what it's about. That is the core message. And I think what you've said is exactly what it is. But again, there is no answer. That's the whole point. It's open to interpretation. Which is great. I'm glad that that wasn't. I'm glad there wasn't this like big reveal at the end. Like, oh, this is actually what it is. It's like, no. It's again. What do you believe? But yeah, and then obviously he breaks. I mean, the whole kind of magic of it, isn't it? Because it's like they've put these vases here. The people who have trapped this beast since the beginning of time. And breaking a vase can cause orbit to just non stop existing. It's a cool. It's a cool idea, isn't it? It is. And it, I think that's one of the first times, not one of the first times, but one significant time where like this magic has kind of exists in the show, you know? This unexplainable force, yeah. which is always very interesting to talk about and explore. Being yeah, the idea that if he can, if he, break, if he breaks free, then he dies. Like, his physical form dies if he breaks free. So, the only way he can do anything is through his mind. And again, it's the idea of the devil that travels... And again, you know, religion is a thought process. It's what you think, it's what you believe. How many times can I say this episode's about belief? Um, you get what I'm saying. Um, but I think it's really cool when when he breaks the vase and says, you know, maybe one of my favourite quotes of the episode. Maybe I won't say it now, maybe I'll say it later. Uh, obviously, he believes in Rose and he wants, he doesn't want her to die. I, um... I gotta say, on on Rose, um, regardless of if it's the devil or the beast, whatever you want to believe, it tells Rose to shut up. Um, fuck yeah, you. yeah, good to do that. Even for the devil, get fucked. It's so rude. The face, like, hey Rose, shut up. And it's like, hey Toby, get fucked. Yeah, yeah, Toby, fuck off. Just <laughs> stop talking. Okay, so I like. I like Rose's go to hell action line. 
Oh, her little action it's, woman moment. It's rubbish, but it's camp and I love it. It's so good. Go to hell. Can I say one thing I forgot to say in the last episode? This is really important. Um, when I was uh, younger, I had a pink hoodie, the same colour as her hoodie. It didn't look the same, but it kind of zipped in a similar way and it was like a similar colour. I pretended I was Rose when I wore that, especially from this episode. Yes, you should. It just reminded me. Yeah, iconic. Iconic. They were going to make a figure of the of Rose from this episode. Did you know that? Oh, they should have. There, there, there should be more figures from this episode. I need a complete base figure set of all the characters. I need the beast. I need the rocket. I need everything. Why wasn't... So, no offence. They made the werewolf, but they didn't make the beast? Sorry? Yeah, and like, they made the doctor in a lift. Um, but, you know, no idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was that about? So Rose shoots the glass, he flies out, but they're still going into the black hole. It's all happening. And then suddenly the doctor finds the TARDIS in the pit. How convenient. He collapses against it. It's great though. I love when people collapse against the TARDIS. It's so good because they look up. It's almost like a god. Like, oh. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it is some people convenient and bad plotting. I like to think of it as a little bit of divine intervention. There you go. But yeah, the Doctor saving the ship. I mean, the relief on their faces is palpable. Like you can, you can feel that shit. And I love, ah, oh, I love everything about the ending. I love a little heroic ending. I love the. Uh, what do we do a trade off? How about oh no, Rose Tyler for Ida Scott? There's like ah. Oh. There's like she's alive. Oh my god. I just, I, I just want to say I love that. You know, even though we're not quite, we're not quite, quite there yet. I do love that the ending is the ship flying off with Zach. Mentioning all of you'd by number deceased with honors. I'm gonna this, this is gonna sound like I'm over exaggerating, and I'm not. The ood dying always shatters me. It absolutely breaks me up. It makes me want to cry every time because they're like holding on to each other and like looking up. Don't even the image in my mind is making me want to tear up. Like, like, oh, don't. no, it makes me emotional. And then, yeah, and just the. Yeah, I mean the two the two security people get ignored. Uh, all of the crew deceased with honors. Then all of the food deceased yeah. with honors. I do like that he um, reads out all their names. Um, also, Time Lords inventing black holes. Sure. Some weird references in these couple. I like it. I like um, when they first get to the pit and I just like, well, there's no turning back now. He goes, oh, you shouldn't have said that. It's like nothing could possibly go wrong. Or this is the best Christmas the Wolford's gonna have. <laughs> that's such a that's such a strange reference. I love it though. Or even like when Rose is like, "Oh yeah, that's helpful explaining things we don't have. We don't even have a swimming pool or a Tesco's." <laughs> so they don't know what that is, Rose. But Tesco is now vintage in their time. <laughs> um, I love their reunion at the end when they run towards each other. I love the way they giggle when they hug. It's really cute. <laughs> the Rose yeah, is like. And he's like, hee hee hee. It's so cute. It is. It's a good ending. Um, it's a meaty hug. It's meaty. As it should be. As it fucking should be. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, basically, RIP Sanctuary Base 6, you're a real one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, last point, actually, uh, before we go to the wrap-up. Uh, everyone on that base is queer. Fight me. <laughs> yes. And I'm just saying that. I genuinely believe that. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe Jefferson's straight, maybe, but... Maybe that's what he lied to his wife about. <gasps> yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Yes, that's yeah, what it is. with a man. Oh my God! I bet that's what it is. <laughs> Look into the eyes of his wife. Oh my God. Genius. You're, you're a genius. Hey, Mom. Elliot's a fucking genius. <laughs> anyway... I have some burning questions for you. Go on. Such as, what would you rate this episode out of five? A five. I think this is a five out of five episode. Ooh, stunning. Stunning. Mm. What about you? Uh, it's a four. Fair. So we, we've swapped here, because I la- rated the last one four. I tell you, it's the, it's, the, it's the alien aliens, Terminator, Terminator 2. We are just the inverse of each other. We are. How we think about the episodes. Absolutely. Still... Bloody good though. Flipping brilliant. I love 
this episode so much. I think it's one of the most brilliantly written episodes. What would you give the two-parter overall, though? Overall, out of five, I'd give it a four and a half. Uh, it's, it's a five overall for me. Fair. Especially like works, watching them back-to-back. Yes, it does. This is very much like I can't just watch one without the other. I mean, most two-parters, I can't. But like you know when you're like binging the episodes, I can't take a break. I have to immediately go to the next bit. So I could quite happily just watch episode one if I wanted to. Oh, really? See, I'm just like, we need to get to part two. That's where the meat is. Meat! Meat. Meat! Uh, Move! Anyway. <laughs> what was your standout moment? The scene in the tunnel. It's so haunting and chilling, and it fucks me up every time. What about you? Um, oh, actually, I've got two, because I think building on that, more specifically, Jefferson Sacrifice. Oh, okay. But if I'm going to do something different, maybe the scene in the rocket at the end. Um, mm. When, specifically when the Doctor breaks the vases and the beast is like writhing around and then it cuts to Toby and Toby's just like freaking out, spitting fire. Air from our lungs, more like fire from our lungs, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> what is a, a moment that didn't work for you? There's literally only one because everything else is perfect for me. How did they survive in the rocket when Rose shot the glass? Would the edge not have been sucked out immediately? They had seatbelts on, of course. <laughs> I just found that a bit silly. Yeah, it's very uh, very campy, isn't it? Yeah. Emergency shield! It's like, eh. <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, it's the, it's the big CGI realisation of the beast personally um fair as I, as i say i don't know how i would have ended it it's probably there's no other way you could have ended it but it just sort of again i don't want to say underwhelms me it's it well it whelms me you're it's whelmed just, yeah i just sort of have to go yeah that's what that is but i wish there was a different way of handling it personally but it's not it, again it's not enough for me to hate it it's just enough for me to go eh, it's not quite a five out of five because i don't love how that ends up but yeah no that's fair enough I, f- I do feel like that's quite a big thing to have an issue with but I get what you're saying yeah I mean that's why it knocks it from a from a 5 to a 4 yeah if it was a mi- if it was a minor thing I'd be like oh it's still a 5 out of 5 but with this niggle whereas that's like that's a big thing for you yeah Yeah, it's, it's significant enough to take it down by a star yeah what is your most doctory moment I have two but it's kind of one at the same time I'll explain mm. so the doctor figuring things out by speaking at something that can't answer. So he's like figuring it out as he goes. And it's like, it's not replying to you, babe. You're doing this on, this, on your own. Like, it's so funny. It's a one-sided conversation. Yeah. It's literally a one-sided <laughs> conversation. I mean, but then also straight after that, the doctor risking it all for Rose Tyler. That's very doctor. And I do like the moment where he goes to smash the vase with the rock and then hesitates. That's cool. That's yeah. What about you? It's both things. I think it's jumping into the pit. Yeah. Listening to his primate voice, jumping into the pit, but also later just disconnecting himself to try and find the bottom. Relatable. Yeah. Both of those are quite, you know, basically the same thing, I guess. Yeah. They're, they are, yeah. Go. Yeah. Very impactful moment. I feel like we didn't touch on that as much, but like, I agree. It's very, like, wow. Okay. It is. It's very heavy. It's, 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 it's almost hard. To, I haven't got much to say about it other than just it's, it's makes me feel stuff. I'm sure Rose filled the Doctor in later on when they were done, but he had no idea what the hell was going on up there. Yeah, imagine. And what is your favourite quote? I mean, I love the swimming pool or Tesco's quote. That was funny. But um, my my favourite is, I've seen a lot of this universe. I've seen fake gods and bad gods and demigods and whoopee gods. And out of all of that, out of that whole pantheon, if I believe in one thing, just one thing, I believe in her. Yeah! That's such a good bit of dialogue, my man. My man, David. Listen. I know, I love it so much. Like, it's the way he delivers. He's like, out of that whole pantheon. I love the way he said that. And, whoopee gods. False for, false gods, demigods, whoopee gods. It's yep. great. He could have said, I believe in Rose, but he said, I believe in 
Her. Her. Ladies and gentlemen, her. <laughs> she is the moment. She is. No more. Anyway, um, what's your favourite quote? Uh, mine's actually a bit, a bit, bit of a downer. Sorry. Um, oh God. It's less triumphant, uh, but it gets me every time. It's when the Doctor is contemplating disconnecting himself uh, from the pit and like falling, and I just trying to talk him out of it. Uh, and he's arguing with her, and she says, but I don't want to die on my own. I always just go, oh, Ida, sweetie, please. What a downer. I know, it's it hits me, though, every time. Very good actress. She's amazing. She plays, um, uh, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, My Mad Fat Diary. I love that show. It's one of my comfort shows, and she plays Ray's mum in My Mad Fat Diary, and she's amazing. I'd forgotten about that. Amazing. I've not seen that in ages. Fucking love my Mad Fat Diary. We're starting a podcast on my Mad Fat Diary. Oh, my Mad Fat Podcast. My Mad Fat Podcast. Um, not a bad idea. We'll talk later. Anyway. Um... <laughs> well, that brings the curtains down on another episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. I hope you had fun. We certainly did. But also kind of spooky as well. So, you may be thinking, God, I want to support the show by doing more than I'm already doing, which is presumably listening to this and subscribing and rating us on iTunes and Spotify. Well, where you can do that is over on our Patreon. That's right, we are Come Along Pod Podcast on Patreon. And you could be as amazing as Lewis, Transgold, Aubrey, River, Bulldozer 7113, Jason, Rebecca Judson-Smith and Abby Potts. They are pledging £3 to us. That is the lowest tier available on Patreon. It is the companion tier for that. We'll give you a shout-out on the show, just like I did, just there. But... Haven't got the money to throw around in this very, very delicate economy. That's absolutely fine. You can get in contact with us on email. That is comealongpondpod at gmail.com. Comments, questions, queries. We will read out on the show. We might be able to reply to you. Depends what day you catch us on. So sorry. But if you feel like I don't really know how to email anymore because it's 2023, that's absolutely fine. We're on Instagram and we're very approachable. Come along, Pond Podcast over there. We post updates about the show, fun little stories, wish people happy birthday, wish each other happy birthday, that only happens twice a year, and we also just have silly little updates, do check us out over there. You can also go to TikTok as well, we are coming on Pond Podcast over there, lots of followers, lots of fun, we post stories, updates, clips from the show, uh, downloads lots of, sort of vlog type things, it's a great space, one of our videos, still almost 100k, if like 500 of you watch that, I will love you forever basically. And we are also on Twitter, come along pond DW. Someone took our name, bastard. And we only post on there about once a week, just to let you know when an episode's coming out. But again, if you sort of at us, tweet us, DM us, uh, we might get around to responding to you on there because it's a bit more of a platform where we're low key. So you might have a bit more of a chance of breaking through to us on uh, Twitter. But with that, I have nothing else to say except that I love you. Aww. Love ya. Love ya. Anyway, incidentally, a very big thank you to all of you at home as well. Thank you, guys. And I give you air from my achy lungs. I, I give you fiery air from my lungs. <sighs> Goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. You upset my mum. <laughs> It's coming, it's coming. It's coming. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.